Today, I'm talking with my sweetheart and husband of 37 years, Alan Fadling, and we will be discussing unhurried spiritual leadership. This is Alan's expertise, and I want you to learn from the best. Alan's message has been formed over decades, and I'm sure you'll hear echoes of things I've shared with you before, and that's because we've taken this journey together, and I count it as a great grace. I'm Jem Fadling, and it's time for I Can Do That. Alan Fadling is president and founder of Unhurried Living. He has an MDiv from Fuller Seminary, and he speaks and consults with organizations such as Saddleback Church, InterVarsity Christian Fellowship, Crew, Halftime Institute, Apprentice Institute, and Open Doors International. A trained spiritual director, Alan is also the host of the Unhurried Living podcast. He is also the award-winning author of An Unhurried Life, An Unhurried Leader, and the brand new A Year of Slowing Down. And I will add to all of this, as his loving wife, that he is a coffee connoisseur, he even roasts his own beans, and he has turned our backyard into a bird sanctuary as he nurtures in the spirit of Jesus' encouragement the idea of look at the birds as God cares for them. I'm so happy to share with you a piece of the conversation with Alan. What is spiritual leadership? If it doesn't have to do with your title, then what is it? Right. Well, I was thinking, you know, in an unhurried life, I, I said that I like to describe spiritual leadership as living a grace paced life in the midst of a driven culture or living at a vital life giving peaceful pace while remaining engaged and active in the kingdom work. Jesus began here on earth. So Spiritual leadership first is more about who I'm becoming than it is about the stuff I do or a position I hold. And in an unhurried leader, I said that spiritual leadership is leadership rooted in the deepest reality there is, living in vital relationship with God through Jesus, and then bearing the good fruit of that communion. So spiritual leadership, I like the language of influence. I think leadership as influence is an especially helpful way to talk about it. And in that sense, spiritual influence is more of a fruit than it is a pursuit. It's more of a life than it is a role or a position or a job that I have. I can be a person of significant influence with no organizational responsibilities at all. Who I am can make a difference. So The reason I think that's so important is it matters to people like us who've had, you know, so to speak, religious jobs served in churches or in nonprofits. But it matters to everybody that everybody is being invited by Jesus into an abundant, rich, rooted life. And that one of the fruits of that life is that we begin to embody the values and the priorities of of God's kingdom. And that makes us people of influence in the world. Yeah. I want to pause on that, this whole idea that you just shared. It's so good. And, And I think what's coming to my mind is in the last few weeks, as I've been speaking with women 
you know, we went to the apprentice gathering and I had a chance to do an all day intensive and a few yeah. phrases kept coming up um, when we we're talking about unhelpful voices. And one of the, vo- one of the thoughts that came up at least three times was I'm not enough. Oh, I'm not doing enough. I'm not enough. And that, I think that came to my mind because what you just said is um, proof that this is not true. And we know it's not true. We're talking about our our thoughts and our feelings. No woman um, wants to be uh, shackled to this idea of I'm not enough. But we need to have renewed thinking about this, um, renewed truth. And what you're saying is I am an influencer. Yes. By definition, because of the love of the Trinity, because I am grafted in all of the New Testament things, right? I am chosen. I am a friend of Jesus, all the John 15. And whether or not people like the semantics of I am enough because it sounds self-centered, that's okay. We could say Jesus is enough and Jesus is within me. Jesus moves through me. The spirit guides me. These are all truths that we can hold on to and move forward in. And so what I want to do is bolster this sense of influence. You are an influencer, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, maybe in that, that uh, language of I'm not enough, there's, there's a little bit of self-doubt in it. There's yeah. some insecurity in it, which I've said before, that's something I have wrestled with most of my adult life. And I run into a lot of people who do have positions of leadership or influence who on the inside feel like imposters or they feel insecure or they feel deep self-doubt. And so I, I guess I say that because it's, it's a rather common human experience. Maybe not every single person can identify as potently as at least I can, but it's a pretty common thing. And the thing about enough is when you realize that what you have, that you have what you need, as you sit and hold that thought, you have everything you need, that you have that in relationship. You have that as a branch connected to infinite resources, the true vine. And so you are enough and you have enough because of that relational positioning of being in Christ, of being connected with God, of living and moving and having your very being in God. Uh, So that helps me because I'm not left to just myself in this question of, am I enough? Well, it's not just about me and my perception of personal resources. It's bigger than that. Yeah. It's, and this isn't, this isn't just positivity, you know, just, you know, I'm, I'm good enough. I'm smart enough, right? That whole thing. Gosh darn it. People, (laughs) right. People like me. It's so much more than that. This is reality. And I think that's a part of what we're doing here in Replenish is we're trying to remind each other what is true. Yes. And could we stand on that and and live from that? Right. So, it's not just a, a, a sort of watery positivity, you know, sort of just thin. No, this is this is rock solid reality. And and we grow in our influence in part as we align ourselves to to this reality and realize it's not just real for other folks. It's real for me in my actual life as I'm living it now. This is more real than the stuff that's 
kicking the spokes out of my tires or making me feel fearful or anxious. This is even more real than those things. Yeah, no, that's really good. I wonder if, since we're talking about being grafted and, you know, the vine, the vine and the branches, if you hang around with Alan and I for any length of time, you will at some point hear about the vine and the branches. It's just Mm -hmm. one of the metaphors that has pretty much sustained both of us um, in our spiritual lives, almost for more than half our lives, right? Because that's true now. Yeah. So um, if we're talking about Jesus as an unhurried savior, which is the point of, you know, an unhurried life, um, what is it that we can learn from Jesus, you know, his way? We talk a lot about Jesus' truth and Mm -hmm. life. This is Peterson, right? But what is the Jesus way and how does that affect our own influence? Well, so think about it, you know, in his own day, Jesus does not come and try and make a splash in Jerusalem. He doesn't, you know, set off fireworks and put up a big stage and, you know, have a cool band and like get lots and lots of people excited about what he's doing. He could not have started quieter. (laughs) That's part of the way of Jesus. Jesus' way of influence looks more like planting a seed than it looks like having a big monster event. And I think we have to realize that's part of the genius of Jesus' unhurried way. I mean, if you plant a seed, it's going to require attention for a while. And it depends on what that seed is. If it's a squash seed, it's going to need attention for a few months. If it happens to be an acorn, that's going to take decades to become the full-grown oak tree you hope it would be. So that's one of the things I want to say about Jesus' unhurried way. It's slow, but it's slow in the way that produces something that's rooted and lasting. We've all been a part of big, exciting things that a year later we've already forgotten. That's not lasting influence. So that's one of the things I guess I want to say about Jesus as an unhurried Savior. His way, he he starts slow, he starts small. The other thing that I want to say is that the way of Jesus is very different from the way of popular, visible leaders like entertainment leaders or government leaders, or sometimes even popular Christian leaders. I'm not judging anybody. I'm just saying sometimes it looks like their way is to be cool and amazing communicators and, you know, handsome or pretty or whatever. Jesus doesn't seem to put a lot of stock in that way. He, as I said, he comes small. He says he's gentle and humble in heart. He is willing to stop for the nobody that's going to do nothing for his marketing visibility. You know, I mean, he's, he's kind. He has courage in the face of the opinion makers of his day. He's happy, pleased to disagree with them very publicly, even at the potential expense of his visibility, his popularity, eventually his very life. So he has a very different way, and it's a way rooted in the heart of his father. It's a way rooted in the the kingdom that he comes to announce. But it's a way that we are still talking about 2,000 years later. Tell me anybody else from the day of Jesus in that part of the world we're still talking about. You'd be hard-pressed. His influence lasts 
And when we learn to live in his way, our influence may even outlast our lifetimes. But it be, not because of how cool we are, but because of whom we've aligned ourselves with. But I just think that sense of way is so important. Jesus has a way. You can read the Gospels and watch for his way. You can learn to follow his way. That's, that's a big part of what an apprenticeship to Jesus actually is, that language of discipleship. It's learning to live his way. I think too, with spiritual leadership, sometimes I'm, you know, I'm the visionary dreamer type person who's thinking forward all the time, making a plan about yeah. something. Um, but when I hear this, it, it pulls me back to right here. Yeah. And, and I feel like then what the way Jesus was then is available to all of us, obviously, but then I, it makes me, it makes me feel empowered. We talked about not being enough. It does make me feel like Jesus had a way I am modeling myself after Jesus. Not only that, Jesus is with me by the spirit. So wherever I go, I am a person of influence. I don't know why this happens. I haven't really said this out loud before, but when I think about being a person of influence, do you know what image flashes into my brain? I've never shared this before. Funny. Target. Hmm. I know this is weird. We're, we're going to unpack this right now live. So like the store, target the The store. The store. Because I, okay. I go to Target a lot, right? I got it. Because where else can you buy a pair of shorts and some toilet paper and, and a can of beans and, and, a, and beans and dog food and a birthday card? I mean, it's all right there. So Target is my place, right? Hmm. But for whatever reason, when I talk about being a person of influence in my everyday life, I sort of picture myself at, in the checkout area of Target. Like there's real people there that you could be kind to that have real lives. And I don't know why. That is, but I think it's an image. Maybe the spirit gives me over and over because that's just the nitty gritty of my life, right? I could be thinking of, oh, the last time I went and spoke somewhere and I'm on a stage and everyone's like, look at her to say such cool things. Like you said, that's not the right. image that comes to my mind when I think about the Jesus way. For some reason, I picture myself walking around Target pushing a cart. And I think that might be the spirit's way of saying, I can be an influence literally anywhere. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so it's it's the everydayness of right. spiritual influence. Yeah. You don't have to wait for a microphone and a stage and a large gathering right. to be a person of influence. I'm just thinking, you know, the last couple of days I was with a group of pastors. We were at a hotel and at breakfast, I just found myself enjoying a conversation with a gentleman who was making omelets and the woman who was alongside him just tending the breakfast bar. And I just, and it wasn't like I had some, oh, I need to be a good witness because, you know, I'm a Christian and I want to be a good <laughs> witness to these people who maybe they don't know Jesus, you know, nothing wrong with any of those sentiments. But I just found my heart arising toward them and just thinking, these are people whom God loves. And it wasn't even a cognitive thing. It was just a, a rush of something that arose in me. And I, I'd like to think that what that was, was the spirit of God, you know, moving me toward uh, one of his beloved sons or daughters. Yeah, That to me is, it's just as much spiritual influence as, you know, doing something religious. You can listen to the rest of this conversation when you join us in Replenish. 
every month, three new interviews like this are added, plus two practical spiritual practices and multiple opportunities to join us live via Zoom. Join us now at unhurriedliving.com slash replenish. Here's your I can do that for this week. Based on the image from Ezekiel 47, what might it look like for you to nurture the trickle from the temple of your own life? Dream a bit about what that trickle might become as God enlarges the river of your influence. Remember, you're making your way forward one small, simple, and gracious step at a time. And you're not going to want to miss this. Alan has a brand new book out called A Year of Slowing Down. It is a year-long devotional, and I know you will love it. With the overwhelming pace of life, many of us struggle to stop long enough to be present. Our long to-do lists and full calendars leave little breathing room to hear from God. We know we need to slow down, but we don't even know how to begin. Designed to help you center your day around God's loving presence, each day in a year of slowing down begins with a scripture passage, followed by a short reading and a reflection question. It will make a beautiful Christmas gift. So order one for yourself and a few for your loved ones. Go to unhurriedliving.com slash a year of slowing down. Blessings to you. Blessings to you.